Okay, we are learning the Swiss Rapuish Lima for Yael, Bas, Shindel, Etzel. And we are looking here at uh, Kuf Gimel. We're going to start from the mission on the bottom of Kuf Days Amid Days. So again, we're talking about the concepts that uh, there are Durabonans and there are abundance like Shvusim, they're called, which are waved inside of the base of Mikdash, which we are more machmer for outside of the base of Mikdash. We give an examples more continuing this theme in the Mishnah. Kosher Nima by Mikdash. In the base of Mikdash, you're allowed to tie the string of an instrument. So they had different instruments that the Levim used to play, and the, as they would sing in the base of Mikdash. And uh, if something goes wrong, one of the one of the strings snaps. So then you're allowed to you're allowed to retie it, even though tying is a malacha called kosher. But our Tana holds that it's over. It's able to override Shabbos. The time of the Mishnah holds that even things that aren't the mitzvah itself, and even just things that are called machshiri mitzvah, preliminary things which bring to the mitzvah, are allowed to be done on Shabbos. So. When you're allowed to bring a carbon, you're allowed to bring the carbon itself on Shabbos. So so do anything that brings about the heksher to do that is also allowed. So this is a type of example like that. This is a heksher. You're preparing the strings, to, to the instruments, so that you can sing when you bring the carbon. So that's why that such a thing is allowed to do. Um, such a thing is allowed to be done on Shabbos in the case where the string snaps. You're definitely not allowed to do such a thing outside the Vesemek Tosh. If you do such a thing outside the Vesemek Tosh, you would fix uh, a guitar or something like that, and that would be you would make that would be kosher, that would be a daraisa. But if it's, you're putting in the string for the first time, it's also to do it even inside the Vesemek Tosh, because our Tana holds that it's only mutter for the Hefshar Mitzvah to be Dolcha Shabbos in the Vesemek Tosh. It's only mutter if it was could not have been done on Shabbos. But like, uh, if it couldn't have done, been done before Shabbos. Like, let's, say, let's say the string snapped right uh, on Shabbos. That's a problem. So then that's the halacha, that it could be done on Shabbos. But if a string could have been attached before Shabbos, then you're not allowed to attach it on Shabbos itself. Okay, so the Gemara now asks, Remini, we see a contradiction between our Mishnah and the Bride. So it says in the Bride, so Nima's kinder strings cover the string of a harp and the reason this makes broke, lay a kosher, instead of tying with regular knot, El Onva, you make a bow. So our Mishnah seems to be saying, even making a regular knot is okay. The Bride says that only making a, a bow is allowed, so the Gemara, which is not like a real a real knot. So the Gemara says, Lokash on Rabbanon and Rabbalazar. The Bride is going like the Rabbanon, the Armish is going like Rabbalazar. What is Rabbanon and Rabbalazar? The Rabbalazar, Dabar Mashir, Mitzvah, Zochah, Shabbos. We have a general machlokas in all of Shabbos. If when a mitzvah is Zochah Shabbos, if even the preliminary actions are Zochah Shabbos, Rabbalazar says yes, the Rabbanon say no. So like our Armish knows Rabbalazar, that Hashem Mitzvah is Zochah Shabbos. So therefore, you could even tie regularly, even though normally it's a daraisa to tie. But even a hechsher mitzvah could be done if it's, even if it's a daraisa, it could be done according to Rabbanu. There are many dochen according to Rabbanu who hold that only mitzvah itself is dochen, but not the hechsher mitzvah. So then you're not allowed to tie a regular knot. And then the din is onva. The din is that you can only make a bow, which is not prohibited on Shabbos. But to make a regular knot would be a problem. Why does our Mishnah say that you're not allowed to put in the string initially? It's only if it broke. If we're going like Reb Lazar, even if you could have done the Hashra Mitzvah before Shabbos, we don't care. Nor normally the Halacha is Hashra Mitzvah Zofa Shabbos, even if you could have done before according to Reb Lazar. So our Mishnah said it's only okay if it broke on Shabbos. So clearly our Mishnah is not the opinion of Reb Lazar. So the Gemara says you're right. El Lokasha, Ha Reb Yehuda. Our Mishnah is going like Reb Yehuda. Reb Yehuda holds. That both knots and bow knots are both usher on Shabbos. So there's no way, there's no reason that it should be any different. If you're going to be allowed to do it, because it was after, which couldn't have been done before Shabbos, so then you're going to be even allowed to make a regular knot. Because a bow knot, according to Rebuda, is just as forbidden as a regular knot. Harabanan, the bride is going like the Rabbanan, who hold that regular knots on Shabbos are usher, not bows. So therefore, since you could repair it with a bow, then there's, it's usher to repair it with a, a knot. So basically, we're saying now that the mission of the Bryce of both hold that a Hefshar Mitzvah could be Dolcha Shabbos, 
Um, and the machlokas is just about something else. The machlokas and ochos kosher. The rabbanu hold a bow is not like a regular knot in his mutter. So when you do it, you should make a, uh, a bow, which wouldn't require violating Shabbos. Whereas Rabbi holds that a bow is just as usher, so that you don't gain anything by making a bow versus a regular knot. So then you're allowed to do it on <coughs> Shabbos. And again, both the Mishnah and the Brayshah would hold that hachshar mitzvah is uh, is dochen. So the Gemara still analyzes and says Rabbi Yehuda, I'll leave the mat. But who does opinions does Rabbi Yehuda go like? Meaning. We know that the machlokes are blessed on our bonnet. Hashem is dochas to Shabbos. He's obviously taking on like Rebbe Lazar if, if you could repair it if it by, by tying it with a knot on Shabbos. But then if you really hold like Rebbe Lazar, we haven't gotten rid of our problem because according to Rebbe Lazar, Hashem is dochas Shabbos even if it could have done before Shabbos. So the Mishnah is only saying it could be done if it broke on Shabbos, but it can't be done initially. So who does Rebbe Huda? Who does he hold like in the laws of Hashem? It doesn't really sound like he holds like Rebbe Lazar if he doesn't allow it to be done initially. He only allows it to be broken on Shabbos. So what's going on? The way we see the issue is kind of black and white. Either you hold Hashem Mitzvah's Docha Shabbos, and then it can be done even initially, or you hold Hashem Mitzvah's not Docha Shabbos, and then it can't be done even if it snapped on Shabbos. So our town of our Mishnah is being Machalic and saying it depends if it broke on Shabbos or broke before. So the Gemara not, doesn't understand how we get to such a middle view. Either you hold like Rabbi or you hold like the Rabbana. So the Gemara says, El Kasha, we have to answer it differently. Ha, Reb Shimon or Rabbana. The Bryce is going like Reb Shimon, and the Mishnah is going like the Rabbana. What is this Reb Shimon Rabbana business? The Dinah says to the Bryce, the Ben Levi, Shishko, Nima, Bikinar, you have a Levi, and the string on his heart broke, kosher. You could tie a regular knot in it. Reb Shimon, Omar, Onva, you make a bow and not a regular knot. Shimon, Allah, Omar, Afiyin, Mashmaz, is a cold. If you make a bow uh, or a knot, it's not going to make a good, a good, produce a good sound. Like repairs aren't good. Ella, rather, what should you do? How do you make the string fixed in a way that the sound is going to be nice? You unwind some of the extra length of the broken string on the bottom, and then you bring it to the top and you wind it around the top peg. Or you unwind from the top peg and you wind it around the bottom peg. So basically, we're saying that instead of tying the two ends of the broken string together, you just use the extra length of one and a half of the string to make it extend all the way down. And that way you can make it tighter and will make without any knots, without any bows, it will have a better, uh, a better, a better sound. So this also could be usher because this is makavipatish. You're fixing the, the you're fixing it, but it's better than tying because it's going to make a better noise. The sounds will will be better. So anyways, basically the brisa, which was mutter, it's mutter to do a mitzvah hefshar mitzvah on Shabbos. If you couldn't have done it previously, if it was impossible to do it previously, um, you could do you could do it. But if it was possible to do it previously, previously you can't. And it just ends up that the machlokas between the mishnah and the brisa is whether or not we hold like Reb Shimon or the Rabbana. Uh, but either way, the Gemara is coming out that we have these middle opinions that uh, the Gemara makes a distinction between the Hashem Mitzvah, which is, possible, which, is, which is possible to do before Shabbos or not. So it's interesting. Before we were saying it's like Rabbi Yehuda, the Gemara, the Gemara also could have theoretically done this and just said Rabbi Yehuda splits whether it was a Hashem Mitzvah which could have done before or not. But the problem was we had no reason to think that that Rabbi Yehuda ever makes such a chilek. So the Gemara was searching for a Tana who is Machalik. We clearly see that... Um, that, uh, these Tanam here in the Bright so only hold that uh, that a Hashem Mitzvah could be Docha Shabbos only in the case that Hashem couldn't have made before Shabbos. So the Mishnah, which is Machal, between the stream of broken Shabbos and the one room before, is going like the Rabbanon's opinion, and the Bright so holds like Rabbi Shimon that you make a bow. But Rabbi Lazar himself, Rabbi Lazar personally holds a Hashem Mitzvah Docha Shabbos in Akanami, even if it could have done before Shabbos. The Ibaizim, another way of understanding the Mishnah, the Bright Zara Rabbanon, we won't both like the Rabbanon. No, it's not like Rabbi Shimon. And Hashem Mitzvah could have only been done, uh, it's only allowed to be done. If it couldn't have been done before Shabbos, low kasha, it's not a difficulty. In the mission, we're talking about the snaps in the middle. So if you don't tie it well, it's not going to make a good sound. Comment outside. The bride is talking about a string which snaps at the end. And since it snaps in the end, it doesn't need uh, such a good one like it does when it breaks in the middle. And even a bow knot would suffice. 
Levi Demobam. So you can see both both mission of the Brides are talking about it snapped in the middle. And uh we're going like the Rabbanon, uh who argued on Rab Shimon and Martha Gazunan. Rab Shimon holds that the Pshad is we make Xera that um that, that that we don't want to ask using regular knot and broke in the middle because we might come to use a knot uh, where it broke at the end where it's not necessary. Uh, we don't make such things there. So you're always you always you can always do whatever whatever is necessary to be done. Okay. So bottom line is we have many many different views, but the, just to clarify the issue, tying a knot definitely is a daraisa. You can't do such a thing. Fixing it uh, is certainly also even outside the base outside the base of In the base of mikdash, we have a concept that since the mitzvah of bringing the carbon is docha shabbos, so even tying the strings, which is preliminary to the mitzvah, the hachshar mitzvah could also be docha. Shabbos. Now, Rabbi Lazar has a very lenient view, and he says even if you could have done it before Shabbos, if for whatever reason you didn't, you didn't do it before Shabbos, you can do it on Shabbos itself. That's Rabbi Lazar's most lenient view. A lot of the other Tanam hold, our abundant, let's say, a very strict opinion. The other way hold Hashem, it's never Doha. Our Mishnah and Brisa happen to hold somewhere of a compromise in the middle. They hold that if it could have been done before Shabbos, you can't do it on Shabbos. If it couldn't have been done before Shabbos, then you're allowed to do it on Shabbos. And then we're trying to figure out what's the best way to do it, given discrepancies, bow and not, depending on where it is, and Xerah, so on and so forth. Okay, now we continue with a new type of issue again. The theme is that we're more make under abundance than the base of Mikdash. So if you have an animal, Allah says that if it has a ward, it's, it, it's like a mum. Now it's a mum over. So if you fix it, if you take away the ward, then it could be kosher. But fa- taking off a ward is forbidden. Usually that's gozes. Anything extraneous that's attached to the body is going off the body. And you detach it, that's called gozes. It's like, you know, shearing the wool. So what happens? So the mission says, holding up Allah's Mikdash. You're allowed to cut off a ward from an animal in the base of Mikdash, but not outside. So you're allowed to do it in the base of Mikdash, even though even though um, it should be like a gozeid. And the Mishnah seems to be saying, we'll see in the next line, you're allowed to do it only if you use your hand. If you use your hand as opposed to a kli with an instrument, that's a little bit strange. That's a kalach or ya, that's like a shinoi. So you're allowed to do you're allowed to do that in the base of Mikdash, but that's even even using a shinoi is also outside the base of Mikdash. Or mekel on the on the shvos of using of using your hand to cut off the ward for the base of Mikdash for the carbon purposes. But if you're using it to remove um, if you're cutting off the, the war with the, with a kli, then counter kind of it's usher even in the base of mikdash. Because since it's a daraisa, so if it's a daraisa, it's usher even inside of the base of mikdash. So the mishnah seems to be distinguishing between cutting off a uh, war with your hand. That's only drabbanon to make on the base of mikdash, but not outside. And cutting it off with a kli, you cut it off with a kli. That's also from daraisa. That's also even inside the base of mikdash. So the gemara asks, or minu, we see a stira between what our mishnah said and what the next mishnah says. It says. Uh, and not, not Mishnah, I'm sorry, Mishnah Sochem. Mishnah is talking about uh, bringing a carbon Pesach on Shabbos, how it's allowed the Avod is Docha Shabbos, and even things that you need to get the carbon done before, that's what we're talking about. Let's say, if it was far away, you had to carry it to the base of Mikdash over in, 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 over Shusharabim, or you had to bring it from outside the Tchum, or you had to cut off a ward, all of these things can't be Docha Shabbos, because they're, they're Hachshar Mitzvah. And Hachshar Mitzvah, this, this town of is not Docha Shabbos. So to do the actual Avodah, the carbon is Docha Shabbos. But to prepare for the Avodah by uh, doing these things, carrying it, cutting, bringing it with Chutz cutting off the ward for the carbon, that can't be done on Shabbos. Rabbi Lazar Madoch, Rabbi Lazar says they could. So Rabbi Lazar holds that uh, Hachshar Mitzvah is Docha Shabbos. So anyways, what's the Kasha? Our Mishnah with Matir cutting off the ward of a carbon, as long as you do it with a hand and it's only drop on and it's makel. This Mishnah seems to be outlawing completely, um, cutting off the ward from the carbon Pesach. So why? Why can't you use your hand to cut it off? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Lazar, so the Gemara gives two different answers on answer this. Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar, give different answers. Both this Mishnah and the Mishnah of Sochem are talking about a, a, a ward that is moist, 
but like it's like it has has juice in it. But low kasha kambi yad. Our mission was the only thing you're allowed to do with your hand. Since it's a shino, it's just only draw on it, it's 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 pushed away in the for the base of makers. Kambakli. The mission of just men, you can't use an instrument. If you use an instrument, that's a daraisa. So if you use a daraisa, that's forbidden even in the base of makers. So the mission of Sakum and Akanani is only outlawing you using it with an instrument. But with a hand, it would hold like our mission that it's okay. Another opinion says, "Haba haba yad." No, both are both of them are talking about removing it with your hand. But lo kasha haba lacha. Mishnah is talking about talking about a moist word. Harvey of Ish. Mishnah even here we're talking about a dry one. A dry one is different because it's not part of the living part of the animal. So even if you move with the kli, there's no daraisa. So um, our mission was still saying, "Don't do it with the kli because it's doma to malacha." But at least if it's dry and you're using your hand, that's where we were makel. But the Mishnah, the Mishnah talking about talking about a moist one. So that's a real goze. So we're not makel even to use your hand. So the Gemara now looked at these two opinions, okay? So we have two different ways of answering this Jewish Mishnah. Either our Mishnah is only matzah b'kli, and that Mishnah was only forbidding, uh, our Mishnah was only matzah with your hand, rather, and that Mishnah himself was only altering with a kli, or we say both are talking about your hands, but our Mishnah is only being matzah, a dry one, not a moist one. So the Gemara says, according to the one who said that the Mishnah here is Erevin, is talking about my hands, and the Mishnah himself was talking with an instrument, my time with why didn't he answer the Mishnah himself was talking about a moist one, and the other one in Erevin was talking about a dry one? What was wrong with saying that? Mar says, Amalach, he would tell you, if it's a dry wart, you're allowed even to use a kli. My time, I feel clean for because it just disintegrates. Right? There's nothing to it. It's not totally, it's no, it's a drabanam baklan, taking it off even with a kli. So our mission, which says you're only allowed to take off a wart with your hand and not a kli, can't be talking about a dry one. It has to be talking about a moist one. So therefore, he gave a different discrepancy that our mission was only being matter biyad, and the mission in Sakam was only answering with a kli. Okay. Says the Gemara, what about the second opinion? According to the one who said the mission of Sakh was talking about a moist one, the mission of is a dry one. My time of the Mara What was his reason for not answering? That the mission of Erevin was only mod with a hand, and the mission of Sakh was only answering with an instrument. What was wrong with that answer? Allah will tell you the Kli, if the mission of Sakh was talking about using the Kli, Hatanan, the Kli, the Kanva Asr. We already learned in our mission of Erevin that if you're going to use the Kli, it's Asr. So it, you don't want the mission of Sakh to be saying the same thing was already taught here. Because we're busy reconciling that it's not a contradiction. But we also don't want it to be redundant. So if the Mishnah, Sochem already, uh, Mishnah in Erevin already said that uh, using your Akli is Asr even by Mikdash, so the Mishnah of Sochem doesn't have to repeat that. It must mean that the Mishnah of Sochem was talking about even with your hand, it's Asr. So I, the Mishnah in Erevin said with your hand is Mother, it must be, it depends if it's moist or it's dry. But Edoch, the one that said that the Mishnah of Sochem is only talking about with an instrument, so why is it repeated? The reason why we thought again of Sakhma is because you just wanted to show the difference between our bloods and the Rabbanim. Because we just wanted to bring out that according to our bloods, it is mother to remove the war with an instrument because our bloods are holes. Um, okay, now we go back to the second opinion. The Idah, the opinion who said that Mishnah and Sakhma was talking about we're talking away with your hand and not with a kli. So he's going to bring a proof to his opinion. What were the other examples in the Mishnah of Sochel that were forbidden? Carrying animals versus a rabbi and bringing it outside the club. So those are only drabonans. Why are they drabonans? Because carrying a live animal is carrying live weight. You have chayinu say it's a So it's only drabonan. Bringing it outside the club, the Gemara thinks, is also drabonan. So we should assume, right, and we see that even the drabonans can't be pushed away uh, for the Hashem Mitzvah to be Dolcha Shabbos, since they could have been done before. So we should assume that cutting off the water is also a Durabonon. So we should not be talking about a moist one with a cleave, which is also derived. It must be talking about removing it with your hand, which is Durabonon, and, and it still stops it. I, the first opinion, the Edoch, the first opinion that we're talking in the Mishnah, was a Durabonon, a moist one with a cleave. How does he explain if it's next to the other ones, which were only Durabonon? So he would answer, no, really, the other ones are also derived. Carrying the animal through the Shusarabim, we're not. We disagree with Rabbanon. We disagree with him. This Tana holds that carrying even live weight is a daraisa. We don't hold Chanan says Asma. So carrying the animal would be a daraisa. 
So here it's rabbinic it's standing away of something that's chashav like the Beit Hamikdash in the sense that it's it's svarim it's it's like very chashav it's a sefer and afal piken even though it's outside the Beit Hamikdash we're not we, that's the reason presumably why we're not going there because it's chashav because it's a sefer and we're not concerned that if it would fall completely out of hand you would go and bring it back so this proves that the rabbanon weren't weren't machmer on their restrictions, even if it's not inside the base of Mikdash itself. The Gemara is equating uh, the Gzeira of bringing back the Sefer when one end of it falls into the street. The Gemara is equating that to like being over and cutting off a ward for a carbon when it's not in the base of Mikdash. So if we see that the rabbis waived the restriction on the case where the Sefer fell for the Tzorcho Sefer, so certainly for the carbon in the Mishnah of Sochem, we shouldn't be altering it just because you're outside of the premises of the base of Mikdash. So the Mara says, no, we already said that the case of the mission was that this, the, the, it didn't fall into the, it didn't fall into the, uh, it, it, the, the, the spuka, rather, the, the threshold, the stoop, was not a Rishas HaYachad, it was only a Carmelist. So that's why the Rabbanon were a Machmer, because even if you did go retrieve it, you'd only be carrying from a Rishas HaRabbin to a Carmelist, which isn't so bad. The stakes, therefore, aren't so high. Since the stakes aren't so high, that's where I, the rabbis didn't say that. Since then, one, you're still holding one hand, the Rabbanon didn't even make Xerifanam, because if it would be a Rishas HaYachad, it would fall out into the street, maybe the Rabbanon would be gozer. I... It's a safer. We're still machmer and drabbanans, even though it's a safer, uh, because the only times we push away drabbanans is only when we're in the base of Mikdash itself. Another question reveals if it's a Mishashan Sabbath of It says on the first day of Pesach is a Shabbos. You want to you wanna cook the carbon so you could put the the Pesach into the oven right before Shabbos, even though the ro- right, obviously you can't cook on Shabbos, but you need to roast the carbon Pesach. So as long as you start roasting right before Shabbos, that's okay. Even though it's going to be roasting by itself and you might be tempted to soak the coals, right, which is normally off, so you're not allowed to put something into the oven right before Shabbos, you're allowed to do it for the carbon Pesach. So what's the Pesach? It's an exception for the carbon Pesach. So I'll this just the Mikdash, the Medina, but you're not doing it in the base of Mikdash. You eat the carbon anywhere inside the city of Yerushalayim. We see the rabbis wave their itzer that you might come to soak the coals. We were Mikkel. We were Mikkel because of the, the needs of the carbon. So we see we're Mikkel for the Drabanans, even though it's not in the premises of the base of Mikdash. So Ishtik, Abai heard this kasha, and he was silent. Because again, Rav Yosef is saying that the Mishnah Pesach was saying you can't cut off the war because it's not in the base of Mikdash itself. So all the commentary of Yosef, when body came before him, he said, this is what Rav Safra said to me, I'm going to lay my time a little additionally, you could have given him a tariff. That's the reason why we were making all that Rabbanon of Shema Yechat HaBegaholim is because of the fact that um, the, the, there are so many people, there's a Chabura, and since there's a Chabura, they'll, they'll warn each other. They'll make sure that, uh, no, not, 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 that, that there's no bad problem of Chitoy. That will make a special issue, will make a special dispensation because, because of the fact that... Um, Everyone will, will, will be able to warn each other. But in the Hanami, if you have a case if you have a case where we don't necessarily have a lot of people around, there we would not make an exception and that's why it's also so the Mar is saying it's there it's a special hazard because of everybody around that they'll make sure it doesn't happen. And um Abai, why did Abai hold? Why didn't he answer that when it was posed to him? Because Kohanim is using We say Kohanim are very careful. They, you know, we don't make zeros for Kohanim. But we don't just say because you have a group of people we, that they're necessarily going to remind each other. Who says that there's such a kula? It's not, you can't rely just because it's a group. So therefore there should have been a drabana. It must be that we're not, we're, we're waving it for the needs of the carbon, despite the fact that it's not in the base of Mikdash. And that's why it was such a good kasha on Rav Yosef's interpretation. Now the Gemara gives a fourth way to reconcile the two Mishnahs. Again, the problem is that our mission Ervin is saying, that um, taking off the, the carbon with one's hand <coughs> is mutter, uh, taking off the wart from the carbon with one's hand is mutter, and the Mishnah Sachim said that it was also. So Rav Amar Rebelazer, he said, the of our Mishnah is going like Rebelazer, so that's why you're allowed to do it, because you're going like Rebelazer, just like the Mishnah in Sachim said, Rebelazer holds you're allowed to do it. Ah, 
why should you use your hand and not a kli? Rebbe Lazar agrees that it's always better to make a shino, even though, yes, you could cut off with the, with the instrument if you need to, because Hashem is a good bidocha, but it's still better to make a shino. So since it's still better to make a shino, so that's why we say that um, if you could use your hand and not an instrument, it could be done. So the Tana, the Mishnah Sachem, which wasn't allowing, is not is going to Hashem is or can be docha not like the Rabbanon of Rebbe Lazar. Our Mishnah the is and that's why you could do it, but we still try to prefer using your hand as opposed to an instrument because of Shinoi. Mahi, what's the source that according to Rabbi Lazar is still better to make a Shinoi? Because it says in a bride, it says, if a wart is on a coin's body, which is also he can't do without Vodo, it's like a mum if he has the wart. So, the din is his friend cuts it off with his teeth if it's a shop. So, it sounds like you're supposed to be cut off with the teeth, but not with an instrument. And Chaveri in Yulo, it sounds that like it's better that his friend is doing it, not him. So, Mani, who are we going like that you're allowed to do it? If you're going like the Rabbana, that Hakshar Mitzvah can't be Docha, that if it's Dora's arise, so it's not allowed. And the only reason we're being moderate is because it's, in the, it's only a Drabana, and it has to be removed in a weird way, and it's being, we're, we're allowed to push it to for the needs of the base on Mikdash. But even the Rabbanon, since the Rabbanon hold that in general, um, biting, if a person bites something off his own body, it's only a Rabbanon. Meaning, in general, gozes. Is gozes is the right when you bite it, or is it only a problem if you use a cleat? So the Rabbanon's opinion is that biting is only a Rabbanon. So why do we mock it that, that, that his friend do it and not him? Either way, it's only a Rabbanon. And it's usher, and Hashem is not dochet. So why is it mutter according to Rabbanon? Because done, the Rabbanon said, that you don't have to you don't have to be mach around the shvutz for the needs of the base of mikdash. If so, there's no reason to be, require his friend to do it and not him. We must be going like Rabbi Lazar who holds that if you bite things off in general, it's chayvachata. So this is bringing us into a discussion in Shabbos. We find another machlokas in Shabbos. Tafsadi Dalit. Rabbi Lazar holds that if you bite off a growth from your body, that's actually a daraisa. That's actually a daraisa. Okay, so again, the rabbanon holds is only a shvutz. If you're not using the instrument, it's only a, it's only drabbanon. Rabbi Lazar holds if you if, even if you're not using the instrument, it's daraisa. So we're going like Rebbe Lazar, that in general, if you bite off the growth from your body, that is a daraisa for gozes. Here in the Brisa, even though half shemitz was docha shabbos, so really you should be allowed to do it. But it's still better to make a change when when you can make a change, it's better. So it's better for somebody else to cut it off. As opposed to the person himself, because if the other person cuts it off, it's only be a darabanan. Whereas he cuts it off his own body, it would be a daraisa. So what the Gemara is trying to say is like this: You want precedent that according to Rabbi Lazar, even though Hefshar Mitzvah is Docha Shabbos, it's still better to look for a shina. I'll show you precedent because it says in the Brayta that when the Kohen gets the gets the abelas, gets the wart, his friend should cut it off with the teeth. If we're going like the rabbanan and the yisaid of the hetter is not because Hefshar Mitzvah is Docha Shabbos, but the yisaid of the hetter is that the rabbanans are waived in front of. Shavos in the Mikdash, so who cares whether he does it or his friend? Either way, it's a Durabanan. Master, we're going like Rebbe Lazar's opinion from Mesech Shabbos that cutting off a ward is a Daraisa, and Hashem Mitzvah is Dilcha Shabbos, like Rebbe Lazar. And we prefer to make a Shinoi, and that's, why, and that's why we have the friend do it and not, and not the person with the ward on his own body. So the Gemara answers, no, Lolo and Rabbanan. It's not a proof. Really, the Raisa could be going like the regular Rabbanan. And cutting off a ward is only Durabanan, and the Hetar is not Hashem Mitzvah Dilcha Shabbos. The Hetar is that Shavuos is not also in the base of Mikdash. So if the war was on his stomach, the coin himself would do it because he'd be able to, to, to reach it. You want to know why it said the French should do it? And the case was, the war was on his back, on his elbows. The coin himself just can't reach with his teeth. So the point is, someone else should do it just because practically that's the only way he can get it on. That's not how Allah he did. Really, we're going like the Rabbanon. So we can't think any precedent for our Rabbi Lazar holds. We don't have a proof to Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar is that even according to Rabbi Lazar, that Hashem Mitzvah, Dochah Shabbos, we still try to look for a Shino if we could. 
And that's, the, that's why we were saying that our town of our mission holds like Rebbe you're cutting off the war, but you should still use your hand, not a cleave. What the Gemara is saying is that you, don't, you haven't proven that. You haven't proven the, there's no precedent. Here, this price that was saying that his friend cuts it off with the teeth isn't Rebbe Lazar, it's the Rabbana, and the reason it's the friend who's cutting, cutting it off and not the coin himself, it's simply practical issues. So the Gemara says, e, Rabbana, if we're going like the Rabbana, why does the person have to bite it? Let him take it off the hand. Even if you just take it off the hand, it's the Rabbana. Uh, and, and we'll prove that because Tifsa to Rablazar, because it's like where Rablazar said in Masech Shabbos, some Rablazar, Machlokas, Yad, Rokli, Derek, Ochai, Machlokas, Rablazar, and the Rabbanon, is about whether you can take off a cloth from first and you take it off your hands. You take it off with a Kli. Everyone holds your Chai with their Isa. So the Rabbanon holds whenever you don't use a Kli, whenever you cut, let's say, cut off hair or nails or anything with anything that's not a Kli, it's only Drabbanon. Rablazar is their Isa. So according to Rabbanon, that it's a Drabbanon, you don't need Dafka to bite. You could take it off his friend, his friend, and if it's a practical thing, you need your friend, so his friend could take it off with his hands. Why is the mission insisting that his friend bite it? Must be really going like Rablazar. And biting is a daraisa. And the reason that is, but we still prefer have his friend to do it because of the said we want to look for a shinoi and we prove precedent that according to Rabbi Lazar it's better to look for a shinoi. Says the Gemara of the time, according to what you're saying, that we're going like Rabbi Lazar, you can have the same question. Why are we saying that the other person has to take it um, with his teeth? Why does he take it with his hands? What's the difference between the hand and the teeth? According to Rabbi Lazar, both of them are a daraisa. What's the difference? We're being matzah because we're being matzah because Hashem is the Shabbos, and we prefer to see Shina, so we have his friend do it. But still, ultimately, why is his friend? Why should his friend do it with his teeth, not with his hands? So Gemara says, "Hi, my. What's your comparison?" Yeah, Hashem, we're Rebbe Lazar. If we're going like Rebbe Lazar, how many guys are too clean? But it says we prefer not to with the hands as as zero out to clean, meaning to say that we always want to see a bigger shinoi. Right? We always want to see a bigger shinoi. So. Moving it with your hands is more severe because it's more preferred than doing it with your teeth. So in this case, the bigger shino would be to use your teeth and not your hands, as we're trying to say. Rabbi Lazar holds that the Yisrael is Hashem but uh, we always want to make a shino. So the bigger shino would be to use your teeth. You should just take it with your hands. There's nothing more to be said. Because again, according to Rabbi Lazar, if it would be going like the Rabbanon, it's not that Hashem is It's just that simply the Rabbanon don't stop don't stop in the base of Mikdash, and it doesn't make a difference how it's a Durabana. So the Gemara is coming out a very fascinating lum this year. There's two different ways how to understand why you're allowed to cut this thing off, the, this mum off the coin, the word off the coin. It could be because Hashem Mitzvah is Deiche, but you still prefer to look for Shinuyim. Then we'd understand that you, use the, you try to go as much, as big as Shinu as you can. That's why it's the friend with the teeth, and we have president, or even according to Rabbi Lazar, uh, you should make a shinoi, and that helps for Rav's answer here. But if you go like the Rabbanon, Hashem Mitzvah is not Deichet. So the Hatzor has nothing to do with Hashem Mitzvah Deichet. It's just simply that the Rabbanon didn't say the Shvos in the Beit HaMikdash. So that's all it is. The Rabbanon didn't say the Shvos in the Beit HaMikdash. So if it's a Rabbanon, it's a Rabbanon. There's no reason to specifically look for uh, bigger shinoi. So ultimately, let's just make sure I make a sikum of what we have. Our Mishnah said when there's a ward on the carbon, you can remove it with your hand, but not with a cleat. Uh, we have a Mishnah in Sachem that says you can't take off the ward from a carbon Pesach. Isn't it a contradiction? So we have four answers. One answer is our Mishnah was answering, was Matar with a Yad, and Ervin was only, and the Mishnah of Sachem was only answering with a Kli. The second answer, our, both of them were Yad, our Mishnah was only for, for, for a dry one, the Mishnah of Sachem was a uh, moist one. The, uh, the other answer, the other answer to the Gemara is that we're only Matar the Shvos in the base of Mikdash, not outside, and the, and the carbon the carbon in the Mishnah of Sachem was outside the base of Mikdash. And the last answer is that our mission is going to the Rebbe Lazar, the Hashem Mitzvah but we still look for a Shinoi, and the Mishnah of Sachem was going to the Hashem Mitzvah is not Deicha. Continues the Mishnah, another difference between the base of Mikdash and outside. Kohen Shalaka Batsbo, you get a Kohen, and a Kohen got a wound on its finger. Korachalav Gemi, you can wrap a Gemi, some sort of reed, reed grass on over it in the base of Mishnah, below the not outside. The issue here is Rafua. If you put the reed grass on the wound, it's going to cure it. So Rafua normally is also Midrabana. So the Rabbana and Mormeko inside of the base of Mikdash. 
um, because it wouldn't be nice for the coin to do that voda with an exposed wound. So they were makele on the itzrafua in the base of mikdash, but not outside. If you're putting the the, 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 the reed so tight that it's going to extract blood, so then that's for sure also. That's a darayz, a kamakan also. It's also even in the base of mikdash. We have no reason why we could be makele on, on, on bringing out the blood. Says the Gemara, my view, the very Darishki, they only said that it's mutter to wrap around his finger if, it, if it's a reed grass, but if it's a belt, it's also. Why have a yeter because there's an issue of the Kohen wearing more clothing than he should? A Kohen is only supposed to wear four clothing. If it's possible, if he does more, he's wearing an extra garment and invalidates Avoda. So to put on a reed grass, that's fine. That's not a garment. But to put on a little belt, around a small little belt that will go around the wound, that's going to be a problem that now the Kohen is going to be wearing too many begotten. Another view, it's not true. The issue of wearing all their garments is only if they're worn on a part of the body where usually the Bidikuna go. You're wearing the garment on a part of the body where Bidikuna isn't worn, like here where it's on the finger. There's no issue that you're adding on to the begotten. Very interesting, Machlekes. Okay, so according to the second opinion, according to Rabbi Yochanan, it would be mutter even, not only to have a regress, but even a small belt. The regress or the belt should pass up that void because it's a chatzitza. The coin has to be touching the clay shards directly with his hands. If he's going to have this thing, then it's going to be something separating, something blocking between his hands directly and the clay shards. So the Gemara says, Bismol, either it's on his left hand, which anyways he's not using for that void. That void has to be done with the right hand. It could be the right hand, but we're not talking about, talking about, let's say, on the back of the finger. So the back of the finger is not a place that he's going to need to touch the clay. So therefore... There's no issue of chatzitza. The only issue that can come up is whether it's going to be adding on to a begot. Says the Gemara, what Rava said is a machlekes with Rabbi Yochanan. Please, the Rav of Yochanan is machlekes Rava. Rav. 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 said the name of Chista. But Malcolm begadim, if you're putting an extra begot on top of the part of the body where begadikuna usually are worn, even just one thread is a problem between the kalim and the coin's body. So even though one thread is definitely not an extra begot, Right? It doesn't seem like it's an extra, you can't call it a baguette, but it could be a chatzitza between the begadim and the coin's body. The din is that the coins, let's say his, his pants that he's wearing, or his shirt, they have to be directly on his skin. So we're talking about an issue here is, is that there would be a chatzitza between the baguette and his skin. Not the type of chatzitza we're talking about before. So before we're talking about the chatzitza between the coin's hand and the cleat. But then we're saying that if there would be even one thread under, let's say, his pants that's separating between the pants and his skin, it would invalidate the big tikkuna because the big tikkuna has to be directly on his skin. Uh, if we're talking about items that aren't on the part of the body we wear the big tikkuna, then it depends. Shalosh or shalosh, if it's three by three fingers, then it's a problem. Then it's called that he's adding big tikkuna. Pachos in the lashon chotz is a little bit lavdafka. It means that it's a psul of yitzur begadim that is adding out to the begadim. Pachos b'shalosh b'shalosh is less than three by three, so it's not a begadim chotz. So, so it's not a problem. So Rava was saying that it's only if it's an item that's three by three, it's considered a, a, a yitzur begadim. So that disagrees. That would seem also to disagree with Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi who answered a small belt. So it definitely disagrees with Rabbi Yochanan, right? Rabbi Yochanan was saying that when it's Shaloba Makam Begadim Stam, there's Bakhlal no issue of Yehuda Begadim. So there's definitely a Makhlokas here between Rabbi Yochanan and Rava. But we already had that Makhlokas in Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi But now the Gemara wants to say, uh, is Rava even disagreeing with the first opinion? The first opinion was saying you can't put on a small belt. Why? Because it's Yehuda Begadim. But maybe you could say that it disagrees with Rava because Rava is saying it's only Yitzhak Begadim if it's three by three fingers. Rava is definitely with Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said there's no issue of Yitzhak Begadim when it's not in the part of the body where the Begadim are worn. Should we say he argues Rabbi Yochanan or do we say that because a, a small belt is not three by three fingers? A small belt could be Chashev. Even Rava would agree that it's Yitzhak Begadim even though it's less than three three fingers. If it's not something Chashev, it's just like a cloth, then it's only Yitzhak three by three. But if it's a small belt, it's like Chashev is not, then it would be Asher. 
There's not necessarily a disagreement between what Rav said and Ravid the Rebbechia that the small belt would be Yitzhak Begada. Lishna Achrina, a different version of the way this all went down. Amar Vidur Rebbechia, Loshon Olegemi. The only mission is talking about a reed grass. So the cotton cloth, the small belt would be a problem of Yitzhak Begada. Rav Yochanan Amar, Lomar Chatita, Pachat Mishal Mishalosh. In this version, Rav Yochanan says that there's no issue of Yitzhak Begada if it's something that's less than three by three. Elam Begada, unless it was the part of the body where the garments are worn, because then it would it would it would separate between the garments and the body. Where the, gar- where the items are not in the part of the body where the big day kuna is worn, so then it depends. It's only a problem if it's 3 by 3 because that's Yitzhak Begadim. Less than 3 by 3 then it's not a problem of Yitzhak Begadim. So in this version, this is exactly what Rabbi said, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi are the same thing. That the issue of Yitzhak Begadim, that depends if it's 3 by 3 Should we say that Rabbi, who said that 3 by 3 fingers, is the shear for Yitzhak Begadim as Machlux or Vidur who said that even a small belt is author. So the Gemara says, Shani Tiltakon the Chashev. No, maybe it doesn't argue in Rav, maybe Rav would agree that a small belt is called Chashev even though it's not three by three as both. And Rabbi Yochanan was arguing on that point. He was saying, no, even a small belt is not a problem since it's not three by three as both. So the Gemara asked Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan who holds that a re- it would come out that not only is it reed grass okay, it's also to put a small belt. It's not going to yitzhak begadim because it won't be three by three tvachim. So why did the Mishnah specify a reed grass? Instead of just saying a reed grass is mutter, you could also say the small belt is mutter. But Islam, according to the other opinions, we could say it's yitzhak begadim because it's it's chashev. But Rabbi Yochanan is saying even the belt is not a problem since it's less than three 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 as follows. So why did the Mishnah say you could put the small belt? The Mishnah just wanted to show us that even that the reed grass is mutter. To do in the base of Mikdash, even though putting regrass will cure the wound. So meaning it's a bigger chiddush because even though normally it's the rabbanon to do to do refu and it's also outside the base of Mikdash to put on to put on the regrass because the cure is still in the base of Mikdash as much. The small belt doesn't have that chiddush. The small belt doesn't cure. So since it doesn't cure, there's not a, such a chiddush that you could do it in the base of Mikdash. So the Mishnah preferred to bring that point out, and that's why the Mishnah specifically discussed the regrass. But in the Chanami, like Rabbi Yochanan, it's much even to put on the small belt, and there's no issue uh, issue of if you to break them because it's not three fingers worth.